Bigger than Capes. Give me some silence. Welcome to Bigger Than Capes. This week, I'm joined by the creator of Sex Castle, Rock Candy Mountain, Kill 'Em All, Assassination, and Old Head. He's also the writer for Dead of Winter and Oni Press's Rick and Morty series, Kyle Starks. It's me. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thanks for being here. I'm looking forward to talking about all of the Kyle Starks projects. I think there's, there's a whole bunch of them. Um, how, how are you doing in this weirdest of timelines? <laughs> You know, uh, it, I guess you just, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I've been able to process it. And it feels like it's been, I know for, for here, for my house, it's been, this is like year three of it still being awful. <laughs> so I just feel like it's like a status quo. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It, I, there's a lot of things that I guess I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that, you know, I'm, uh, I'm self-employed, so I don't mm-hmm. have to go anywhere. I'm thankful that my wife is awesome. So like people hang out with and see all the time are great. Yep. Uh, but like, man, it's bad. It's bad. Uh, and we all just keep hoping it's going to get better. And maybe this is the month things finally start to turn around for some people, hopefully. Yeah, I, don't uh, know, I hope so. <laughs> it feels like there's going to be a lot of work uh, for for some countries to really get their stuff back together and and who knows how that's going to affect everybody in the meantime so it is what it is we're not here to talk about that i'm sure we don't talk about how awful things are because people know they're on twitter they're on facebook yeah, they unless they're not I, I like to think if we set a low enough tone though we can only go up you know it's all positive from here right <laughs> oh well i mean it has to be that's it has to be that, that's always my hope at least um so it's gonna be it's gonna be all positive all positive. This will, all be, this will be positive. This like, look, here's here's what I've always said about comics, uh, and I'm sure I'll say it again. Is I've always I've always said comics should be fun, and I think they yep. should be something people do for fun. And I think especially in American comics, um, they're very serious. Mm-hmm. People want very serious comics in America, and it's like I think comics should be should be a good time. And I think this podcast should also be a good time. Let's not add to the uh, to how shitty things are. People know. Let's let's talk about comics. Let's have a good time. Let's do it. I'm looking forward to it. So, my first question, nothing too heavy, hopefully, but what was it that got you into comics, both as a reader and then as a writer and an artist and all the things you do? Yeah. Uh, I've always read comics. I'm not for sure. I mean, since I was little, little bitty, I'm not, I couldn't say like this is what happened. Um, I know that my, my uncle, my uncle Tony Starks, that's not a joke. (laughs) Um, has always been um, sort of a dealer in Silver Age comics. Um, he's always been involved with comics. I think there's a story when my dad and my uncle were kids, like they were to inherit, I think, like a comic book collection and like a stamp collection. And my uncle talked my dad into taking the stamp collection, uh, which was, I think, a mistake in terms of profitability. So I know my uncle has always been involved, and I don't know if he if he started it, Um I don't know. Like I, I remember, you know, here, here especially, like you used to be able to get comics in gas stations and grocery stores. And I remember always getting a comic at grocery stores and gas stations, and yeah. we just always done it. When we were little, it's funny because especially people are like, oh, what was your first sort of, um, you know, I'm 43, so when I was little and reading comics, it was 
you know, the early 80s. And I had all your sort of basic, your basic mainstream. I had Spider-Man. I had Justice League. I had Hulk. And this would have been during the period that it was Justice League Detroit. Uh, Spider-Man was like fighting Fire Lord. Like it was just Hulk was in the uh, nexus of like the law. It was just a terrible time to be reading those comics. Um, but I, what did I know? Like as a little kid, my brother got like all the cool comics. So it's like I still got all the cool stuff. But I'm just like a little kid being like, man, I love Martian Manhunter and. Hmm. Uh, just like the worst in X-Men X-Men was like the only good thing I think I got because X-Men was always you know was good through the 90s yeah. Uh, but yeah I mean I had kind of like in retrospect like those books weren't very good I probably shouldn't have like ever really became a very big fan but uh, I am and I think because those things were sort of like the weird lost sort of crap eras that people don't talk about those those titles it's yeah. sort of the thing for big two stuff that I've always sort of um, it's rarely the most popular thing it's always like like I like like in the '90s, which is when I got out of comics for a long time, I I was going to be a, a fine artist and I was drinking a lot. Uh, I was like, man, I love I love New Warriors, right? Like no one was talking about New Warriors back then. Like, I just yeah. love New. Like I always like the things that people don't like in the big two, uh, and I think it's because of Justice League Detroit. I think I can blame it directly on Justice League Detroit. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. I think it's weird. Every time I talk to kind of any creator about when they got into comics, they always go into the weird stuff and the unappreciated. And I always feel like that says quite a lot about comics writers and artists and yeah. <laughs> it's probably, yeah. I mean, there's probably some, there's probably something to being on the, I mean, especially like it's, I, I don't know if it's still, I mean, it, I haven't been outside in three years. It feels like, but it's, I guess it's only been like a year and a half, but you know, like when I was, when I was a young person to be reading comics was not cool, but I mm-hmm. guess like if you, if you were reading a comic that was cool, it was going to be Superman or Batman that's probably something to being on the fringes and being interested in the fringes. And also like, those are sort of the least explored stories. Yeah. Um, that makes you want to like, think more about like these universes and these worlds than just the people who are like, man, Batman punched Joker. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> um, I think there's probably something to that, but I'd be speculating for a lot of people. I think. I, I think you might be right though. I, I definitely see that kind of thing. And I think you get a lot more freedom in the weirder stuff. For sure, it for sure. That Today, for sure, yeah. Nowadays, yeah. I mean, I think we're all like, if if we all got our shot, it's like, I mean, I want to do Squirrel Girl or Howard the Duck type thing. Like, I don't. I mean, I would take whatever, I guess. But it's not like I'm like <laughs> I'm not like I'm not clawing to be like, man, give me give me the Avengers. Like, I don't have any interest in that. But it's like I would love to do a twelve issue D Man run, I guess. Uh, I'd love to do uh, Booster and Beetle for I mean, I'd, five I'd years. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I think I think five years would probably put you on like the longest booster gold blue beetle run. So I think probably like three three months would put me on the longest for either one of them, and uh, outside of like uh, Giffen and Demetrius, I suspect. You could be right. Yeah, it's great characters that don't get a lot of lifespan. Um, so, what was it that transitioned you from your fine art, heavy drinking, to <laughs> being a comic book creator and? So I worked at a I worked at a uh, I worked at a comic book store slash video rental slash used book and music slash pornography store. Um, okay. From fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, from about fourteen to twenty one or twenty two, um, it sort of became a part time job after I started college and I worked at an art gallery then. But the thing about this place is like they had you could watch a movie whenever you wanted to, you could read a book whenever you wanted to, you could read a, like. It was all these, it was all the music you could want. You know what I mean? Like you had access to all these things, and I feel like 
um, if this is like, what was your origin story? Like when I was bitten by a spider or whatever, it's probably because like I was consuming just, I was just consuming media like nonstop for 10 years. Um, because it was available and it was free. And it's like, well, cause that's, yeah. I guess that's now, but it's like, it's, you know, like I, like I'm a big Marx Brothers fan, right? And that's because the store we worked at, the guy who ordered the movies had, we had the best classic movies collection in town. So it's like, man, all this classic comedy, like, oh, you should check out this classic comedy that, you know, today probably isn't sought out as it was even back then. Mm. So it's like everything. So it, the, the guy who, the, the, the really well-read guy would be like, oh, you should check out this book and you'd read it because you know, you're 18 and what else do you have to do in 1995 besides read and smoke cigarettes and drink coffee um, and watch movies all the time. Anyway, so I, I mean, I consumed all the media sort of, and I, I've always sort of watched things critically because of that. And I would say, like, how do you do that? How do you do that? Um, so yeah, so I went to college and I was going to be a fine artist. I took myself very seriously. I was very pretentious. Um, and three years in, I realized this isn't a realistic, like I'll never make money doing this, right? Like I'll never, yeah. this is this is a young, someone should have told me, don't go to school for fine art. Well, I'm, I'm exceptionally glad that I did, but it's like, I should have gone to school for something else and taken fine arts classes as electives, right? If I was smart about it. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I, I got out of that. I, I took some graphic design classes. I ended up getting into print production because of that, which is not graphic design, but it uses sort of the same tools. And I was like, this is my, this is my real life job. And this is what I'm going to do for, is this, this is it. I'm, I'm going to work at this print company. Okay. Uh, we got married, we had kids. When we had my first kid, I realized I would never, there's an irony to this part of the story, but I realized I'd never have free time again. Um, and we were about to have our second kid. And I was like, oh, I should make a list of things that I'll never get to do before this kid's born. And I know I made a list of like eight things, but I, I don't think I did any, and I don't remember any besides finish a comic. Um, when I was a young person, I'd always, I'd always draw comics, and I'd get like five pages. You know what I mean? Like there's just nothing. Yeah. And I maybe, I maybe did some, I did some, I did some like uh, some zine stuff, and but nothing finished. There's always like a couple pages. Like I never did like a 24 page comic. So I was like, well, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to put it on the web and I'll make myself accountable by saying I'm going to post it on Mondays and Wednesdays. And I'll just post it Monday and Wednesdays. Like, I'm not going to tell anyone about it. Like, the, the, the thing about saying I'm going to post on Mondays and Wednesdays is a, is a Kyle Starks hack. I'm so, I'm so beholden to deadlines and responsibilities that if I say I'm yeah. going to do something, I, have to, I just have to do it. Um, and this is something I tell a lot of people when they're starting is, like, figure out the way to trick yourself, to punish yourself so that you have to do it or else you'll hate yourself. So I started doing a comic called Legend of Ricky Thunder, which is about a um, the world champion pro wrestler who thinks wrestling is real, um, then has to defend the Earth aliens because he is the world champion. Um, and I thought, well, what what comic would I read that, like, if I, if I was going to make a comic, I wanted one that I could read, what would it be? And at the time, and still very much, I, I love pro wrestling, so I'm going to make a pro wrestling comic. There aren't any, and I want one to exist, and I'll make it, and I'll like it, and I did. Um, and I did again just for fun. I did not, I did not uh, promote it. Um, it was just something I was trying to do before we had our second kid, and I thought I'd never get to. I'd just be dad for the rest of my life, right? Yeah. Um, back then, there was a website named Comics Alliance, which was a great website at the time, a really stellar, like what what I think comics journalism should be. Mm -hmm. And they found my work through um, Flickr, through like a. Okay. A, a, <laughs> I did like think about I did the ABCs of. Uh, Mar mediocre Marvel villainy, which goes back to I only like like you know the weird fringe guys. So I did ABCs, and some of they saw it, and I guess they sort of followed that back 
to my website, which had Legend of Ricky Thunder on it. Mm-hmm. And one of the writers there was a big wrestling fan, and they started promoting it. And, you know, it's like people liked it. And they're like, hey, this is good. And I'm like, oh, well, that's weird. Because I was just making this thing, right? I was just making this thing to make this thing. Um, so what do you do then? It's like, well, I, they, people are like, you should go to conventions. So I did a Kickstarter. It did pretty well. I used all that money. I went to convict- conventions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I paid for my way because it's really expensive and you don't really make money. It's a rough gig. I don't know if you guys know about conventions, especially when you're first starting out. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I had a, a fairly good network through social media and it worked out pretty well. And I was like, I really liked making this comic. I'm going to make another one. It's the same deal. I'm just going to make this comic for fun and then I'll do a Kickstarter and we'll see what happened. Well, that was Sex Castle. And I did Sex Castle, and I went to conventions, and this is, I guess, so I'm making these things, and it's like, I'm working full-time, I'm working 40 hours a week, I have uh, two kids, I guess, at this point, my wife nods from the corner, I definitely did, uh, <laughs> I was doing this comic at work, and when I came home, it's just all I did, it's like, I didn't, I didn't play video games, I didn't go, I didn't do anything, I just made comics all the time, I made Sex Castle all the time, anyway, so I went to a convention, I went to my favorite convention, which is Heroes in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, which mm-hmm. I miss the most of all conventions, because it's like a family reunion I like going to, and um, uh, Matt Fraction, through, a, through a, a bunch of random events, there's a really great place to eat there, and uh, uh, you don't want to go alone, and I told the guy, I was like, hey, are you going to this place, and he's like, yeah, but I'm like, no, I'm going to come, anyway, Matt and Chip Zdarsky ended up going, and um, Matt was like, oh, I want to see this comic. You know, this, this interviewer says, your comic's really good. I'm like, sure. Um, so the next day I, I went, this was right when Sex Criminals was out too. So they had okay. literally a line, okay? They, it's Chip and Sue, Kelly Sue and, and Matt, and they had a line that went all the way around the convention center because Sex Criminals was, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. And uh, this, this was like peak Sex Criminals. So like Sunday sort of came around and like Matt had, and I know he's like, he's the nicest dude. He'll go around and he'll look at stuff. And if he likes you and it looks interesting, he'll, he'll get your thing. But he had came by and I was like, you know what? And I, I hate leaving my I hate leaving my table then because I might miss a sale and every dollar counts when you're first starting out. Yeah. I was like, you know, I'm just gonna take my book over to him. And so I took the book over and there's this line. I'm like, I'm not gonna wait in this line. I was like, hey Matt, if you want my book, you know, it's like I'll, you can have it. <laughs> this huge ass line, right? Like we're signing for like hundreds of people, even on Sunday. And uh uh and he's like, No, I'm gonna I'm gonna how much is it? I'm gonna pay you for it. And I was like, No, like like seriously, don't worry about it, right? And we, you know, this is like uh uh uh, a seminal moment in my comic book story, my comic book life. And it's a story I love to tell, but he's like, no, I was like, no, just take it. Like you're Matt Fraction. You can literally just have my book. And he, he stood up to, to he was going to get his wallet, but he stopped and he turned, he looked at me and he pointed at me and he goes, pros get paid. And then he paid me for it. Um, and then his plane didn't take off on time afterwards. So I guess he was reading the books that he had in his bag because on his plane before he took off, he's tweeting. He's like, this, I'm reading Sex Castle by Kyle Starks. It's, it's amazing. I'm selling, I, I think I sold like 30 copies on my web store and I'm like, what a coup, right? Like I just made a bunch, like, not a bunch of money, but like pretty good money. Like, thanks, Matt. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, and then he emailed me and he asked me where I wanted to talk to Image. And then that book, of course, it's not made for an Eisner for Best Humor Publication. It was optioned before it came out um, by the Workaholics, uh, which has since disappeared. But at the time, it's like everything's happening. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, man, this is the best hobby. Like I found the best hobby. Also at this time, I lost my job. So, uh, you know, my wife was like, do you think you can make a go of it? And I'm like, I'm like, I think, I think I can. Mm-hmm. And, um, ended up getting offered, um, Invader Zim. Oh, yeah. Oni was like, you have to write an issue of Invader Zim, Invader Zim. And I was like, I've never seen it. Like I'm 43 and I was in college, <laughs> like college things when that was on TV. Like, I don't know anything about it. And they're like, oh, that's what they, 
that's what they want. They want a really fresh perspective. As it turns out, they did not want that. Um, <laughs> and I was like, man, I wish I told wife, I was like, I wish they would offer me Rick and Morty because I love Dan Harmon so much. I'm just such yeah. a big fan of Dan Harmon as a, as a craftsman and um, his ability to, to tell a story is so strong, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and they did. And they're like, do you want to do five issues? And I ended up doing more than there are episodes of the show presently. I don't know what and was able to that and i think at the same time i started growing rock candy mountain just everything started just rolling along it was great it was great times and uh it's funny like i just never my i did an interview with, uh, jason latour a few few years ago and he is like when did you when did you want to know you want to make comics for a living and i'm like when it started becoming a living like yeah i had no i had no plot i had no i didn't have like a you know like a set of goals I think it's just it happened and and it's great because when I started making Ricky Thunder I found like this is the thing like that really makes me happy like I really love making comics so it's great my hobby turned into my career that's my origin story it's very exciting um uh it's maybe someone out there has like let me they they have like a rocky style like comic story you know um I do not I kind of tripped and fell and have been very lucky and continue to get opportunities and I'm thankful for them yeah, that that is really cool, and um, I guess credit to Matt Fraction. <laughs> oh, always Matt Fraction and the the writer um, uh, Chris Sims for Comics Alliance discovered me, and really yeah. back then Comics Alliance. I don't know how many careers they actually they, they legit made because mm-hmm. time people people knew that these are people who had good taste, and they were willing to look outside of the top five things on a comic book shelf. Like they were really yeah. looking to consider things, and I. I wish there was more of that. Um, I, not that I, I want to, you know, denigrate on on comic journalism, but I wish there was more people who were ta- who were tastemakers in comics. Like it's funny, like you know, there's so many influencers for fucking, you know, uh, clothing shit, you know, or like whatever, yeah. like can't. But like comics doesn't really have an influencer, and it doesn't have a site that looks like it's. It's like I feel, I feel like that's how people find things. Um, this is I can go off on a link, <laughs> but I think it's because a lot of it I know is because people were scared to give a bad review because then you wouldn't get DC's free comics every month or whomever. Yeah. And it's like, if, if, if everything's good, then nothing's bad and nothing's bad, then nothing's good. Like that's how it works. It's all mediocre. Um, so it's like, I really wish the comics Alliance, I would literally be, they'd be like, this issue sucks. Like don't, don't buy Ant-Man <laughs> number 27. Like it's just, it sucks. They really dropped the ball on it. I wish there was more of that though. I know that's a slippery slope because I don't want people saying my stuff sucks. <laughs> um, I don't want to hear about that either, but it's like, if it sucks, it sucks. Um, but it's less, it's less someone saying something sucks. It's more someone being willing to be so honest to call, yeah. you know, that's a, like, like, you know, Cisco and Ebert, like they said movies sucked all the time and they weren't always right, but like, at least they were like, Hey, and you knew what you're getting into. Um, but though, anyway, Chris Sims and Matt Fraction, I tell my wife all the time, if they were like, Hey, we're going to go do a heist. Are you in? I'd be like, I got to go. Like I owe these guys a bunch. And Matt's funny. Cause I, every time I see Matt, um, I'm always like, hey, you know, thanks again. I say it to him every time, and I, I know he hates it. But he's like, hey, he's like, if it wasn't good, and it's like, like there's some truth to that. Like, I, I know now, like seven years later, there's some truth to that. But I think there's a lot of good things that no one ever sees. And I got a, I got the bump, you know. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be grateful to those guys who were like, this is good. This guy's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, of course that makes that makes sense. I agree. Um, it, it's interesting. You so you mentioned. Um, Ricky Thunder uh, having the wrestling inspiration and um, there's definitely some constant themes throughout your books. There's always a kind of action movie vibe and there's a lot of assassins as we've mentioned in the past. Um, So 
what is it that kind of made you want to take you know the wrestling and the assassins and the action movie kind of feels and channel that into all of your work or a lot of your work i think you know i think my thing is my thing has always been as much as i can with each project is and i've been i've been so lucky is that i've not had to do something i didn't want to do Mm. uh, to date right is that every book i make i want to make the book i want to read yeah, that's fair. That world that I want to exist, and like I said at the time, there wasn't any wrestling comics, or there was one, or, there was nothing of note. Like this was, I mean, I think seven years ago. Like I have, I'm times, time's gone so fast and so slow at the same time. <laughs> um, as I, it's tough for me to remember. It's, it seems like I was doing Ricky. I mean, my kid's ten, so it had to be more than ten years ago, but it doesn't feel like it. Mm. Um, it just feels like yesterday to me. So for Ricky Thunder, is that I love wrestling and I wanted to make a wrestling comic, and then for the next book. Um, which was Sex Castle. I, I was watching Roadhouse, which for the a millionth time, and I was like, man, there should be more things like tonally, like Roadhouse. Yeah, and, okay. Like it's it's action, but it's it's sort of like low stakes. It's all in like a little shitty city. <laughs> anyway, so I was like, there should be more things like, like I wish things. I wish there was another thing that felt like Roadhouse. And so I started to make Roadhouse, and, and about halfway through, though, I was like, you know. 13-year-old Kyle would want you to go much bigger with it. He would want you to make the best 80s action movie never made. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make the best 80s action movie never made. And so I did that. Now, after I finished Six Castle, again, I was not, I was working full time. It was a nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And the next book I was going to do was going to be Old Head. Um, and the reason why is because I did my love letter to wrestling. I did my love letter to action movies. And now I was going to do my love letter to basketball because I'm a huge NBA guy. I'm a huge hoops guy um but it's like it's a weird it's like i was like how how do i do this thing um and old heads been different but i was like oh i also really wanted to do a love letter to like um fright night like i want to do fright night meets basketball which is <laughs> stupid that it's like the idea works like i was like i had this idea works and it all sort of comes together immediately um but at the time like that was gonna be my next book like i started working on it whenever that again seven years ago i guess and my, mm-hmm. it's funny my wife was like you're you're gonna have two books out <laughs> in the direct market or whatever that's going to be called sex castle and old head and it's like you're really making you're going to be the bad book name guy <laughs> uh, and it's like, that's true but what happened is sex castle took off and i really got the yips i got really uncomfortable about my next book being something that i knew wasn't for everyone mm. at face value i think I, I i think old heads a really tough sell but i think it's something everyone would enjoy i really believe that um but if you'll see basketball and they're like, ah, I'm like, like i'm gonna make you read a basketball game like and if I did, like, you know what, it'd be like a, it'd be like a good Japanese anime. You'd really like it. But it's like, that's not what I want people to do. I, wanna, I just want to, I just want to show how much I love, like, what's great about basketball in terms of the sort of ethereal outside. Anyway, um, so I got the yips about this being the next thing because I knew when, I knew it would be, it'd be a hard sell and it'd make me look weirder than what I wanted to. So I did Kill Them All instead, which was my love letter to 90s action movies, uh, which also got optioned and um did really well i had a really great kickstarter and only put it out and did really well um but it's always that it's always you know what's um what did i do after uh, i did rock candy mountain so i did rock candy mountain yeah. at the time um i was losing my job um which is actually kill them all like kill them all is one percent was written right after i lost my job i did that comic i i did um um i can't remember now i did something like 110 pages in 30 days something crazy wow. um, because i lost my job at the beginning of january 
And I was like, I got to get this book done and get it out in February, basically, so we have money to be, even though I had a severance and all this stuff. So this, that's, I mean, that book is 100% about people losing their jobs and how one should react to it, right? Um, but while I, was, while I was in that process, I was reading about, I, oh, I should backtrack because this is even right. I, I'm so interested in action movies. I was like, I should start seeing other, how other countries do action movies. Like, okay. because if like like Asia has a billion action movies that I've never watched. So I started watching a lot of, of Asian Kung Fu cinema. Um, and I became really interested in a, a sort of uh, what's called Wushu, um, which I misinterpreted based on the ones that I watched apparently versus what the actual, like if you were going to break down what Wushu movie was, is it'd be different than what I perceived, um, but basically the same. And to me, they were always journey movies. Someone's going from point A to point B. Okay. There's a lot of fighting, which is what I want, right? Yeah, I love watching people fight, and I love drawing people fight. Um, there's there's like something magical happens, but no one gives a shit. Like it's always really <laughs> look, like like a dog will talk, and they'll be like, "That's fine, no one cares." Yeah. Or there's a magic sword, or um, a crouching tiger, hidden dragon. To me, is a wushu movie. I think it technically is. But there's a bunch of these movies, and I was like, "Oh, what would, if I was going to take this, like this, this subgenre, and make it in, make it an American movie? How would I do it?" And I was like, "Hub, it's it, it's this classic sort of journey from point A to point B, and they're looking for this this magical place that's not real." And so, I mean, that's like things like, "I re- what is this? What is the American version of this type of movie?" Uh, which is what we're recommending. Mind. That's always what it is. It's just me. Like, what am I? What do I think should exist? And what do I want to? What do I want to consume? And um, I think like I reread I, re- I I reread my books recently for different reasons. Like I I read Ricky Thunder. I don't know, a year ago, and I was like, the art's kind of rough. Like, I, I would, but that's to be expected, right? Yeah. But it's like, man, I was like, this is good. I like this. And then I, I, I reread Rock Candy Mountain. I was like, man, I really like, like, this is good. I did a problem. And like, even the ones that I thought were only, like, killed them all, I reread. I'm like, man, this because uh, I had to have an interview with a potential director or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? This book is good. Like, I did a really good job with this book. And I think that's, like, that's what you want to make. You want to make something that you look at a couple of years down the road and you go, man, no, this is good. I made the thing. I made exactly like I'm. I I've consumed this now, being so far separated, and I enjoyed it. Like that's what I try to make as much as I can every time. I, I think that's a good. My wife makes fun of me for the hitman. Old head had no hitman in it. That is Mars true. Had no hitman, but it did have an ex army guy, so he's kind of still a hitman, probably. Ah. <laughs> uh, but we're trying to move away from Hitman all the time. I, mean, I, I want to do only Hitman books. They're my favorite. I just love Hitman. I don't know what to say. Just, just one a year, every year, forever. <laughs> you don't have to, like, it's, so, it's so easy to explain. Why would they shoot this person? Because that's their job. I mean, if it works, it works. <laughs> Who can argue with it? Um, so, speaking of Hitman... Uh, the, the, the first time I spoke to you was at a, a book club meeting I was running when we were talking about Assassination which is about all the hitmen in in a sense. Yeah. Um, I it out of my system. It didn't work. Uh, you know, sometimes trying to get something out of your system just puts it even more in your system. <laughs> it just reminded me why I love it. Which is completely understandable. Assassination is, you know what? It might be one of my favorites of your books. It might be my favorite. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm okay with Good, you know, it's good. It's good to have a favorite, you know. <laughs> and it did get me curious though because I um, reread Assassination and then 
almost immediately after I read Old Head. And it got me curious about the fact that both you and Erica Henderson, after Assassination, decided to go and do books involving Dracula. <laughs> was that uh, just a weird coincidence? Or did you both decide now is the time for the Dracula books? <laughs> I mean, I, I, like I said, I had intended to do a Dracula book many, many years ago. And I just felt like I'd reached a point personally where I thought I had a large enough audience that trusted me. That yeah. it, it, at the at the very least, my all my diehards would check out this book, um, which is what which is the case. I mean, I I think I had fewer sales than Kill Them All in terms of Kickstarter, and I'm definitely a bigger name. Like I have Rick and Morty, I've had four years of Rick and Morty. Yeah, I thought I thought for sure, but it's a weird thing. But yeah, I think it's coincidence. I mean, I know Erica is working on it, so that's just the thing that came out next, right? Yeah. So it's like not the next thing she did; it's like the second thing she did. Um, but it is, I mean, it is weird, right? But, you know, Erica, like, you know, I, Erica was one of the first people, I, I tabled next to her at that first show, and we were both okay. nobodies. When we did the next show, the next year we did it, um, she uh, she had uh, Subatomic Party Girls, which was uh, a really, like, tiny little web comic type thing. And I was selling Sex Castle, but no one cared. The next year we did it. In fact, that that show, the second the second convention I did, Erica was like, "Oh, you know, Marvel asked me to do some character designs for Squirrel Girl," and I'm like, "Oh, that's cool. Like, who's going to write it? Because I like this will be shit." And they're like, "Oh, right." And I'm like, "Oh, that's a really good idea." <laughs> and so the next year, she had Squirrel Girl for uh, six months, maybe maybe longer than that. And um, Sex Castle had been out by Image, and it had gotten nominations. So it's like we we sort of leveled up at the same time. Now the next time, you know, Erica's she's gone, but we've been friends for a long time. Um, if you follow her on Twitter, like we both love, we both love '80s era cinema. That's the type mm-hmm. of storytelling that we're interested in. Um, we just we have similar aesthetics for story, like, and we're old friends. Yeah. So it's like for her to be doing a Dracula book, it's not surprising. <laughs> it's not surprising at all. And don't get me wrong; they're two very different Draculas. Oh, uh, for sure. <laughs> one's one's drawn way better than the other one too. <laughs> one is drawn. The art on that book is unbelievable. Unbelievable. There was a point in Old Head where I got to thinking about if you swap the Old Head Dracula with Dracula Motherfucker Dracula, you get a whole different experience oh, yeah. in both books. But, you know, I think then it becomes like a real sort of like, like what, like a hammer, like Dracula. Like instead of doing like a, like an exploitation Dracula, it'd be more like Abbott and Costello meet. Like if, if, uh, yeah. if Alex to Campy went a different direction. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm sure that could probably work in a real weird way. I think they I think they did a pretty good job. Yeah. Um I love my Dracula though. I love I love I love my Dracula boys a lot. Yeah, I I enjoyed Old Head a lot and I um it, it's it's a it's a weird mix of ideas, but it's a good mix of ideas. And I think um I, I agree with what you said that some people will probably hear basketball and you know turn away from that, but I think the basketball fits in nicely with the, the, I, mo- the monsters. It's, it's just, it's just, some, it's just a different setting. It's just some color, and it's like I, I feel like, again, I, I mean, American comics are so just stuck, and it's like you know, you can try new and different things, and I think Dragon Motherfucker is a fairly good example of that too. Mm. Even though it's still, it's the same thing that I did. It's still Dracula. You know what I mean? Like everyone loves yeah. Dracula. Um, but it's tough to be like. It's just a different setting. Like, you know, I, I have a book down the line. It's like, well, I, I don't want to do Hitman every time, but I want to do, I like a certain type of action protagonist. It's like, well, they're going to be like a hockey goon or something. And you'll be like, oh, hockey. It's like, it's not that, man. Like, 
you saw sudden death everyone saw sudden death right sudden death is great that's a hockey that's a hockey environment movie like i'm sorry but it's still tons of fun like, it doesn't yeah. always need to be uh hitman in black suits white shirt and black tie you know what i mean it's just like we, we can mix yeah. it up we can tell stories we can tell those stories can be fun outside of the settings of people flying through the air or you know being very clear very specific sort of tropes even though uh, I'm sort of interested in how all t- sort of trope characters are the same right now because I've been watching more anime than I normally do. Uh, they have a very interesting system of kind of using the same characters every time. Yeah, um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, which I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated with it because it's like, well, anyway, that's neither here nor there. But like, the thing is, like, all types of stuff sell. I know it is, and even to just say like, what is it? I mean, we I took basketball off the Kickstarter after a couple of days. Like, I just like, oh, it's a and so you know what I mean? I really minimized it because it's like people don't want that. And it's like that's fine. It's just weird. It's also like, man, I you know, I've been nominated a couple times for awards and you know, people keep buying my stuff. Like maybe, maybe you could try it, like try something different. And that's fine. Yeah. And old heads done great by word of mouth. I it's crazy. because I, I think and that's what I thought I knew that would happen. I don't know if it's happened quite at the I was hoping you don't hope. I mean, I didn't expect, but you one would wish it'd be this huge thing. But I'm still regularly selling like that book yeah. on word of mouth alone and end of the year things and people talking and saying, because it's good. But the thing is, it's like I was saying earlier about how comics needs influencers is that someone for, for anything that no one's so Matt Fraction is going to sell one because he's great. But Matt Fraction is going to sell well on any book he does forever. Okay. Yeah. Because he's been established. And the way that the way that entertainment works is that once you're established, you kind of have to, to really mess it up because mm-hmm. that's i mean nicholas cage is always going to have work you know what i mean like every, once you get to a certain stage even if you do something that's unusual it doesn't matter because you've you you everyone knows matt fraction makes good work brian k vaughn makes good work jason aaron makes good work which they do um but the thing is like they've reached the point where it's like it's just a fact right it's just a fact that they do and it's just like donnie let's like like donnie case uh, Donnie's great. And when Donnie did God Country, I, I, I'm certain he did some sort of like Robert Johnston crossroads devil <laughs> deal because he his entire work changed so much. But like yeah. no one cared about Donnie. But then he did Rednecks and he did God. He did three killer books in a, in a year. And that's something. Yeah. That uh, somebody has to go. Matt Rosenberg's really good. You should check out Four Kids in yeah. a Bank because Matt Rosenberg oh, yeah. is really good. Just so to tell. Otherwise, you won't. You'll never know. You know what I mean? Because you don't. It's expensive, and there's a lot of variation. There's a lot of reasons why. But you you want to get to that point where you're Wes Anderson or you're Edgar Wright, where people are like, "Oh, it's the new Edgar Wright. I'm just going to go see it." Yeah. So with Old Head, that I knew that's what it was going to be. It was going to be Rushmore, right? Is that what's it about? It's about oh, this kid's in school and he's having a, a like a like a feud with a a guy who owns a business over. Like, what are you talking about? This is fucking insane. Yeah. It doesn't sound good. It's like, no, trust me, it's really good. That's what Old Head was. I think, actually, that's what a lot of my books are. Um, but it's like, that's how it is. Like I said, I'm making the things I want to make, and I'm hoping people, I'm hoping I make it good enough that when people do read it, they go, uh, that was good. That was, yeah. That's it. That's all I'm looking for. <laughs> I, I think that's completely fair. Um, old Head came to me from um, Matt, who was one of the co-hosts of the show, who's a usual review work. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's working, at least. <laughs> it's working very slowly. It's working very slowly. Um, but, like, it is what... It, like, I don't... 
I'm it's funny because like I'm 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 moving I'm I'm trying to maybe do more mainstream things to see if I can do more mainstream things, but at okay. the same time still be something that interests me, which is to say not comedy. That's the other thing. I think comedy is a really hard sell um, because it's a subjective experience and to be like, oh, it's yeah, really it funny. It's like if you say, oh, it's really funny to someone, they're like, it's not though. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I think stuff's always funny. I think I, I can say that safely. Um, but like, I want to do something, I want comics to be fun and I want them to be things I like and, and say, like, well, it's different than trying to make something to get, I'm trying to find that recipe to get rich off. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm just going to keep doing it. Uh, I said I'm working on something a little more mainstream right now that hopefully pans out. It's very nerve-wracking because I'm used to doing a certain type of... I'm used to doing comedy, and I'm not doing comedy. So it's like very nerve-wracking for me because I can't tell for sure what works and what doesn't work. Uh, so, But I, that's the thing. It's like, man, I've, I've kind of made myself this... It's like, I think the industry knows these things are good and they'll sell just enough. Um, and we'll get optioned because I always get optioned or knock on... <laughs> I've been optioned on everything to date. So it's like, well, they might make a move. This might be the one to make a move. Everyone knows it. Um, it's like, man, I wish comic people sort of all love, you know, I wish there's more, but they just have to try it. That's the thing. I thought assassination also assassination is like, oh, I'll do a book with Erica. Yeah. People will love it. And then they'll want to read Rock Candy Mountain. They'll love it. And then they'll want to read Sex Castle. And they'll definitely love that because Sex Castle is the best. And yeah, so on. So forth. But it's like, it, it, that's not, it didn't happen. That's not what happens. Like comics, you think that's how they work because that's how that's how I consume film, right? Yeah, of it, course. If I see something new and it's an old director and say, like, oh, it's uh, I like I like that director, but this one's different. Like I'm like, who wrote this? And then I want to see what else they wrote and I'll watch those movies. And yeah. almost always it's like I got it whenever these people write movies or if it's a writer director, it's, it's like, man, I love this new piece by the writer director. I'm gonna see the next thing they do. Mm. That's how you create your fandom. And, I, and that's how I thought you feel like that's how comedy or comics would be. Yeah, because it's kind of not. It's kind of not how it works. It's weird. It's weird. It is. I, I always expect that. I always think that if you read something by a creator and you like it, you'll go down that rabbit hole of yeah. at least once. Came. Yeah, ju just a little bit. Just because I, I think for me the example was um, I'd never read anything by Jeff Lemire until about five years ago, and then I read. I think it was his run on Bloodshot for Valiant, and from there I, I was weird. like. Yeah, weird way to get in here. Really, not the Jeff Lemire intro part. And from there, I was like, "Man, this is a really cool run." But what else has he done? And from there, just yeah, just love everything. And even yeah. the sad hockey books and the. I, I feel like Lemire is one of those guys. Now, this is the this is the thing that I don't have, and I I talk I I talk about Lemire and Matt Kent uh, and mm. Chip pretty often. Lemire did Essex County and he was doing Sweet Tooth. And let's say Sweet Tooth is so Essex County is his Sex Castle and Sweet Tooth is his Rock Candy Mountain. And Sweet yeah. Tooth got him a lot of, uh, got him a really nice following. But I don't think, I think he, he was probably maybe better off than I am. He also didn't have to pay for medical care because he's Canadian. But then what happened is, you know, DC rebooted and they didn't have any writers. And he's friends with Scott Snyder. So he started writing half of the DC books, right? Mm. So he was writing like, three or four major DC titles for a while. He brought in Matt Kent, who's his, who's friends, who's yeah. his friend. Matt Kent had done some really weird indie books. Um, yeah. Yeah. He has. <laughs> three story man and pistol whip, like really weird, like good. I mean, Matt, Matt's a friend, Matt's a friend of mine. Um, and I think he's one of the best, like I, that dude does not have a bad book out, but he wrote, well, maybe those DC, frankly, maybe those DC books, but he, <laughs> they were for DC and they didn't like it. And so they went to Valiant, 
But these, this, they were in the mainstream. They were validated. They were justified, right? They're like, these guys wrote um, Justice League. They wrote Justice League. Yeah. And they wrote uh, a ton of Valiant books. But those are, those are American accepted books. And mm-hmm. after Lemire is bulletproof. But, you know, even then, I bet he was selling great. I, I don't know what Lemire did right after DC. I, I'm sure it was like... Um, Plutona? Is that it? Yeah, I think it might have been Plutona and then like There's Descender a, and things like that. Yeah, he was doing it uh, uh, underwater. Um, uh, underwater Welder. And, and I bet Underwater Welder sold really well. But you know, it wasn't until he did um, the Black Hammer like that right now he did the Black Hammer stuff, which is more superhero stuff, by the way. And yeah. like Jeff Lemire is like, what? I would say he's one of the three most important people in comics and mainstream American comics right now. What a weird journey, right? Um, what a weird journey. Like, that's the thing. Like, what, whenever I talk about, like, my career path, and Chip, Chip Zdarsky is the same way, right? Nobody, nothing. Literally. Mm-hmm. Like, no one read any of the things he did before Sex Criminals, which he drew. Yeah. He drew. Then he writes Howard the Duck. Yeah. And then next thing you know, he's the kind of the number one writer at Marvel Summit, right? And he's not doing comedy anymore. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? And he's not doing comedy anymore. And for me, it's like, man, like that's, and that's part, not part why, but it's like, I, I, I need to flex those muscles, but it's like those two guys, they both had a breakout book followed by mainstream success. And it's like, I haven't done that. Um, and I don't know if I want to do that. I mean, I do, but I don't, but I think that's part of it because when they did Marvel, when he did Howard the Duck and when he did Spider-Man and when Lemire did uh, all those DC books, they were, they were validated. That was, that was in lieu of an influencer because people go, Oh, he's good. He's getting to write this book and he's not fucking it up because they're good. Right. If you're yeah. good. And you're not going to fuck it up. Like that's part, but all these guys are fucking, sorry, I'm cursing so much. It's they're okay. such <laughs> writers. They're incredible writers too. So they're not going to mess up, but they were validated. And after, once you get validated, then you can do black hammer or you can do mind management. You can do department H. Those are amazing books. Black badge. Yeah. Matt, Matt can stuff is so good. But, and, and I think he would say like those few years he worked, even a Valiant, I think Valiant because it's superheroes and like that's what America wants. It mm-hmm. validates you. Um, and people will then read your next thing. I think yeah. Dracula does so well because um, Erica, Erica has validated herself with Squirrel Girl and Assassination even though no one bought it. But it's like, <laughs> oh, like we should check this out. And Alex has been around forever, but I think Alex said, I don't know if she's really had that thing that people go, oh, have you read Alex Campy's blank? It's No Mercy, by the way. Um, if you want to know, No Mercy is great. But she's been around forever with Dark Horse doing like grindhouse things. But I feel like that's the book where people like uh, Alex is probably gonna do great after Dracula Motherfucker. At least I hope she does. She's done fine. She's been better than me. I know that. So, uh, but I just thought it's all the validation, right? It's it's all being validated over and over. And I keep doing weird stuff and hoping to get validated for it, which is probably dumb. But here I am doing my I, thing. I mean, you know, I'm sure everyone feels like they're doing the weird stuff, though, right? <laughs> I don't think, man, I mean, out, out in the trenches, I look around, and I see a lot of people who are clearly always trying to chase the tail of something. It's like, uh, okay. I think there's a lot of people, you know what, I think there's, you know, Donnie did all that weird stuff, but, you know, Donnie will tell you that he always wanted to write, he was an intern there. Like, he, this, is, this is what he's always wanted to do. Mm. And, you know, when I was, when I was 15, like, I love superheroes more than anything on earth. It's like, anything. Yeah. I, it, that's why I love wrestling because wrestling is real life superheroes. It's people in masks that are fighting good versus evil, yeah. and they punch each other, right? It's like that's why I love these things. Is because like, I love superheroes for so much of my life, and now I'm 43, 
And it's like, man, I don't care about that. I, I, those, all those stories exist. And they, they like, you know, the thing with Spider-Man is that he'll never die. And I think he'll never end. He'll never end. Yeah. And me, I'm more interested. I'm, I'm more interested in a good movie. You know, I, it has a beginning, a middle and end and there's stakes. There's real stakes. You can kill whomever you want in that story. Um, and even with assassination, like that was the thing is like, I'm, I want to show like the stakes are high. I can kill whomever I want. And yeah, you know, with assassination, you know, when it got to the last issue, Erica and I had like, we talked, I was like, I was like, I think I should kill fucking Dave. And she's like, ah, and I'm like, I'm like, I think I should kill fucking Dave because there might, there might not be any more assassination, but I don't want, I don't want someone else to write fucking Dave if it's not me. <laughs> it's like, maybe I just, we should just kill him. And there's like a whole discussion. It's like, there's stakes. But with Spider-Man, like, you know, he'll always be back. And even if he's replaced, it's still Spider-Man, right? And then Peter Parker will yeah. still come back. Because people in comics are always like, we still like the other guy better than the new guy, even if they're exactly the same. And, um, so it's like, it's tough. Like, I, I feel like it's something that I need to do and I should do. And, you know, it'd be like, if I was a pilot, I'd want to fly all the planes, right? And it's like, man, I don't know. I, I don't know what that story is that interests me as much as the stuff that I've done to date, but also I know I have to do that stuff. I would like the Valiant stuff. I need to look into Valiant stuff, maybe. I don't know. That's, uh... I, I think you've got a Valiant book in you. What's that? A Valiant book? I love Valiant. I'm a hardcore guy back in, in the, the 90s. I loved hardcore. Because they could only have one power at a time. I thought that was awesome. That's yeah. it. That's the only thing I feel about it. <laughs> I think hardcore uh, overly uncool, but the whole like switching between powers is cool. I think that's yeah, the... like. <laughs> I think there's a way you could do it. I, I reread those recently because I my memory. You know what else I really liked? Was just that every artist who watched me like that's bullshit. I really liked what I really liked about Valiant when they first came around is like everything kind of looked the same, and that was intentional. Like all the yeah. art styles, were, and it's like it makes the thing. It's like we've made a cohesive universe, mm. um, except for uh, Brian Windsor Smith. He gets to do whatever he wants. We don't give like yeah, yeah, of course Brian, he gets to do what he wants. But EXO was kind of EXO and Solar were kind of off to the side a little bit. Yeah. So when they showed those a big event, it wasn't they weren't showing up all the time. So it's fine they were drawn a little bit different. But I always like that's one of the things I really liked is like it, it felt cohesive. Um, now I'm so far away because that was you know that was the mid '90s where it's like now Leefield's coming in and influencing everything and art's mm-hmm. getting wild. Like people are getting looser and scratchier. And Miller I'm sure had a big influence on all that too. It's like art was changing so much. It's like some of it was so sort of even for like mainstream comics was like so experimental. It's kind of hard to read what was happening and yeah. Uh, now it's like we're so far away. It's like you'd be mad if, like, if every if Skybound put out four books and they look the same, you'd be like, "What is this garbage?" Like, no one wants to look the same. And it's like, fine. I'm not saying they should. I, it's just like I really liked. I thought at that time it was a really good decision for a new universe for it to feel like a cohesive universe. What a yeah. tangent. Hardcore man. I think I could do hardcore. I'm gonna send an email to Miss someone. <laughs> I don't know who's in charge anymore. I know you've started this universe. You've rebooted your universe like 10 years ago. And I have no idea what happened. But maybe I could take a go at this really obscure group that no one probably likes but me. I mean, I, I think Hardcore is still knocking around in the new universe, but n- never in the mainstream part of it. Never like at the forefront. So maybe maybe that's your opportunity to really hammer them into the main Valley yeah. universe. Maybe that's, my, maybe that's my 2021. Is I, I rejuvenate Hardcore to the level they once were. <laughs> Whatever that really means, but yeah. <laughs> um, I am majorly off the questions I had planned to ask at this point, but hey, that's part of the fun. Um, so 
a lot of the projects you've worked on, and we, we've touched on this a little bit, have kind of come up through Kickstarter, at least all all of the creator-owned ones, most of the creator-owned uh, ones. Uh, Rock Indie Mountain was just Image. Oh, of course, yeah, and uh, Assassination as well. Yeah, I think there's something else in there. Uh, Pro- well, your own, maybe, maybe. Yeah, and you know, I was going to stop doing Kickstarter after Kill Them All, which was my third one. Um, yes, I just yeah. felt like I was getting opportunities and I didn't really need it. No, I, I didn't. It wasn't necessary for me to use that service. Um, mm-hmm. And I also thought, and I've changed on this, which is there's probably some degree of either like self delusion or hypocrisy, but I felt like me being on Kickstarter when I was doing really well on Kickstarter while I was doing other things was me um, blocking other people who were on Kickstarter. Like me okay. having a higher degree of visibility would hurt lower visibility creators. Um, and maybe that is true as I did old head this year and uh, I will probably do a Kickstarter next year. I don't know what it'll be, but um, the reason why is I did Old Head because I knew I couldn't find a publisher for it because I knew it was weird and I just wanted to do it. Yeah, okay. About for a long time. And my thing also is like do a Kickstarter and then find a publisher. I think that's a that's a that's a valid way to do business and comics and and yeah. where we are. Um, but the thing is, man, I sincerely love the Kickstarter experience. Um, I love seeing each sale and who it goes to. <laughs> I love when people, I love, I love being able to, here's, let's pause on that. Here's what, here's what I like about Kickstarter the best. I love getting a book, right? I love getting a comic book, but you know what would be better if I get a comic book with a bunch of stickers and a postcard, piece of postcard art and a bookmark, that's better. Yeah. Right. That's signed. That's signed by the creator. I like that. I think that's a better experience. I think there's so many comics out that the having some degree of bonus to it or personal, uh, personalization, um, so I, I like that. I think it's a better way to get a book, you know? Yeah, definitely. You can go to the comic book store and be like, oh, here's all your stickers for old it, like, or whatever. <laughs> like, but for Kickstarter, it's like, it'd be like I'm, I'm definitely going to give you stickers, which I'm always going to do, even though they're dumb. Who knows where you're going to do them? I don't care. Yeah. But it's like stickers and a bookmark or a piece of postcard art. Um, I really do a bookmark, and I didn't do one for old head, I don't think. But it's like, I, I don't know why. Because I really think a bookmark is a good thing to have, period. Like, we're always looking for a book. Like, I'm yeah. always like, something apart, right? But it's like, you could just use my kill them all bookmark or my sex castle bookmark. And I, I did like little strips on them or I did some little bits with like, they're mildly amusing anyway. So I like that. I think it's a, I think it's a better way to get a small press run book. Um, I really like the experience of, like I said, I like knowing everyone who bought my book. Um, I, I don't know why. I just like that. I'm having some sort of interaction with everybody. Mm. Um, I like, I, I do like commissions. Um, I like that. I, even though, I probably don't like the week where I have to do 50 to 70 commissions or however many, 30 or however many I've done. But it's like, I like, it's like, hey, um, so for old head, I was like, hey, here's a really cheap tier. You, and I'll do a basketball themed. Like I'll do, it doesn't have to be basketball. Like you could do Teen Wolf. You could do uh, um, uh, Space Jam. You could, it's, a lot of people ask for, I had to, uh, someone asked for like a uh, Wolverine playing basketball from okay. the, People ask for uh, uh, Snake Plissken playing basketball. It's like, that's what they, they, these people got it. It's like, you get original art at a cheaper tier because it's themed to this thing, right? So it's fun. <laughs> and then there's another thing, like just whatever commission you want. And people, uh, it's like, what people ask for is really interesting. But like, I'm signing, like, thanks, man. Thanks. Thanks. I'm signing every one of them, right? Thanks. Thanks. Because I'm I'm grateful for this. But it's so great to be like, these are the 500 plus people. I, I know their names and they can message me right now because they're on my Kickstarter. They can just message me anytime. Yeah. 
And I love that experience. It feels like it feels like I'm hand selling at a convention that I'm doing really well for once. I guess <laughs> no, not I do fine. But you know what I'm saying? It's like to have like a, you know a 15 grand plus. It's it's just a great feeling, and I like how I like how there's no editors. There's no one telling me what to do. There's no one telling me how I'm supposed to do it. Um, I have a system in place where things get done. This I old head got literally like um, since China got hit first. That's where all the the printing is, especially for like, I did enamel pins. Yeah. All my stuff got messed up by COVID. the COVID fucked. I mean, everything's fucked up, but I was doing a yeah. Kickstarter in March of last year. <laughs> right. That's the worst time in America. Worst is, time, is, yeah. <laughs> and for me, so my printer is closed. Like they're, cl- they're not allowed to work and I, the book's done. So my thing has always been from the beginning, uh, from Ricky Thunder to sex castle to kill them all is that it's done literally once this ends my printer is going to press go and the time before you get it is the time it takes for them to print it mail it to me and email it to you and that's mm-hmm. it done because i love kickstarter but i don't want to wait a year to get anything and i think people waited um my kickstarter ended in november and i think i was i i had to wait for someone to color it which sucked too okay, um, yeah family problems they had uh, a bunch of tragedies hit them at the end of that year so that delayed it too it was like man i'm so i think it was like six months later and i'm and i i'm updating like i'm so sorry guys like now like this is what's happening i hate it but mm-hmm. i love having that immediate turnaround because i don't and i think kickstarter hurt themselves i'm tangenting so hard <laughs> kickstarter hurt themselves early on because people started to do kickstarters for ideas and it's like yeah. i don't want to pay i don't want to pay for you to do something i want to buy something from you and that's mm-hmm. how I treat my cust- my my Kickstarter backers. It's like I don't want you to pay me to make something. I want you to buy the thing I made for you. And that means you get it right away, not a year from now, not six months, not a year and a half. That's crazy to me. I would never buy a book. I don't. If I pre-order something, it's like coming out next month, right? Like I don't. Like I need to know the thing exists. I don't want to just try to put money. And then I have to figure out: Did the thing ever happen? Like, did I get the thing? Like, no. It's like it's done. It's always done. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, I love Kickstarter. That's the answer. Kickstarter is great. You get personal interactions. You get more stuff with your book. Um, I wish I wish there was a way to figure out how to do the international shipping. I think we talked about this. Like the international stuff is so expensive. It's more expensive. Yeah, it's than insane. The book. I wish there was some. I mean, I'm sure there is, but I'm best like backer kit or one of those things I don't want to use because they take a percentage, and I just don't want to give anyone a percentage of my money. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, so yeah, I love Kickstarter, man. I'm gonna do it again, um, just because. I can, and I like it. I think people are more willing to take a black and white book, and I, I, I can't, I don't color very well, in my opinion. It's, it's not great. Okay. Um, so it's like, I think Kickstarter is also friendlier to the idea, like Karate Prom. Like I, like that's Karate Prom will probably get colored in the future. I suspect, but it's like if not, if no one wants it, if if no one's interested in buying that thing from me, it's like I'm gonna kickstart it, and I'll do it black and white, and mm. all my other books are black and white, basically, besides this uh, old head. And I think people are more welcome to that idea on Kickstarter. Stuff like that. I love Kickstarter, man. Kickstarter is great. Yeah, I, I agree. And Kickstarter, we're making big money like they were when it first started. I wish, I wish, dude, now mind you, there's a fair amount of stuff that there's a lot of, you have to dig your way through. Again, you need influencers, man. But you can sell, like, you see, like, eh, this book looks dumb. There's also a big single issue thing that I don't get. Like, people like, buy my 24 page book for $10. Yeah, it's, it's a strange strange presence on kickstarter i I'd, I'd always want to trade or it's number it's always number one yeah there's never an issue to i mean okay i say that i do have a friend who did a full six 
If it's a four issue series, they're saying, "Will you pay forty dollars plus shipping yeah. for my four And I, I do have a friend who did a full six issue run through Kickstarter, and that confused me. But he he did all six issues, and it was all good. So fair play, I guess. And good. I, I think I, I think that all like you have to. Yeah, you can do it, but man, forty dollars for four issues. Yeah, it's steep. One issue. Yeah, I'm thinking about doing like a forty issue, like maybe forty to sixty page thing, something mm. short, quick that I can sort of turn around. Like I did Karate Prom because I really enjoyed the experience of Karate Prom, which was just going to be sort of a one, like a one hit thing for me that turned into a whole year worth of me doing Karate Kids and love. Um, but I'd kind of like to do something like that too. I'd like to do another, just like I just want to do it and get done and put it out. Um, but it's like there's a thing of like, man, like for me, if I did a forty page book, like. Ten dollars seems seven, seven to ten. Like, what's fair? You know what I mean? But like, yeah, these guys are doing you know. It's crazy. I don't know. I, I have to figure it all out, and the fact that I haven't figured it out slows me uh, <laughs> down. But I really like Kickstarter, man. I like Kickstarter because I can just make things and get them out there. Th- that makes a lot of sense. I completely understand that. Um, while while we're on Karate Prom, briefly, um, I, I only actually read it today, and um, I can't lie, it's great. I um. Yeah. I, Romantic comedy with karate. I, I didn't know that's what I needed, but yeah, good job. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Karate Prom might be the third best thing I've done. I'm really pleased with it. Um, you can still get it for free. Pay what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, my gum wrote, if you go to my Twitter, uh, at the Kyle Starks, it's the pinned tweet. I'm trying to sell that book, but still giving it away for free. Yeah. Or pay what you want. Maybe you read it for free, and then you like, that's worth three bucks, and then throw three bucks my way, whatever. Um, I love Karate Prom. You know, Karate Prom, um, for those who aren't familiar, which is probably everyone, is that, you know, we did Comic Book Day last year, which is May, which was a couple of months after March, and people were just not, it was bad news. The comic stores were closed. Yeah. Bad news. We were definitely not going to have a free Comic Book Day, and I thought something like 12 or 14 days before free Comic Book Day, I thought, you know what, what the people need is a free comic book. And in my head, I was like, I'm going to do like a six page, nothing, like just a garbage free thing I'll give away. And uh, I was like, I didn't want any pressure on myself. So I, I, I asked my Twitter people uh, to, to suggest titles for the book I would give away for free comic book day. And my, my peer, Chris Schweitzer, who did Mars Attacks, is my best friend. We're doing a book at uh, Skybound right now. Um, mm. He suggested Karate Prom and it was an overwhelming favorite. And I was like, I'll do that. So I did. I was like, I'll, I'm going to do like a 10 or 15 page book. I have 10 days. Um, I ended up doing 32 pages. Uh, yeah. I was nonstop for nine days. I, I was so, it was like I was doing Ricky Thunder or Sex Castle again. Mm. I just felt like this is so, and I hadn't drawn for, um, I hadn't drawn a comic for, I actually just finished Old Head. But prior to Old Head, it'd probably been a year and a half since I'd drawn anything because people just wanted me to write stuff. They didn't want me to draw stuff. So it was really refreshing for me to do this thing that doesn't matter. There's no expectations. There's no limits. It's going to be free. But at the same time, like, this thing, like, when I got asked to do Mars Attacks, they're like, do you want to do Mars Attacks? And I was like, mm, like, really? But I was like, let me think about it. Let me think about it. And if I get a good idea, then I'll do it. Like, I love Mars Attacks. I like the Tim Burton movie. Fine. I never read the cards. Yeah. Um, I got the shower that night, and I was like, oh, you know what? This is how you, t- this is how you would do that story. And so I, I, I called, I texted Chris and I was like, this Mars attacks thing. Like if I did this, this is a good idea, right? 
<laughs> I'm really excited about it, right? I'm like, this is a good idea. And Chris is like, yeah, tell him I'll draw it. And I'm like, no, that's not. Anyway, he drew it, right? <laughs> um, he's like, do karate. But it's the same thing as like, as a like karate prom. I'm like, what would that be? And I was in the shower and I'm like, oh no, here's what it is. <laughs> Again, it's what do I want? Like, what interests me, right? Yeah. And it's all little things. And so it ended up being 32 pages because even though, and it's, it, and I really did sort of a lot of editing on myself because there are things like, my guys sometimes just like to talk and do bits. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. sometimes they just like to do bits and I like doing bits. They, they make me really happy. Um, there's like the middle finger joke in Rock Candy Mountain. Like every time I see it, it makes me laugh. It's like, I do the stuff, you do the stuff that makes you laugh. So I kind of really edited this book down a lot. And I was like, I'm only going to keep the bits that are like super important. Yeah. Uh, okay. Look, and I, so nine days I did a whole book. I got done. I had a deadline, which is great. And it's like, man, it, I loved it. I just loved it. And um, I finished that, and I should have been doing other things. But what I did instead was I did uh, Karate After Party. And then after Karate After Party, I did Karate Graduation. So I did another 80 pages of Karate High School Kid that I'm now trying to figure out what to do with. Um, but that book too, man, people get that book. I'm still like, I know they just have a year endless, but people are still getting Karate Prom. Like, I'm selling it like a, I'm selling it. Someone's downloading it. Maybe yeah. I'm selling it. Every other day, and it's it's great because, like, I love that. Like, and also, I could I could kind of do like teen rom com violent action stories for a while. Like, get at me, get yeah. at me, book market. Uh, yeah, Karate Prom is wild. It's like it made me feel like a, a young person again. And I did a bunch more of it that again I'm hoping to sell. If not, I'm going to kickstart it because I love yeah. Kickstarter. It gives a shit. Um, I just want people to read it. Oh, and the end is like you just want people to read your stuff. Like, I'd love to be rich, but I, more than that, I'd love people to to have read all my stuff and to talk okay. about it. So. I, I look forward to the karate trilogy Kickstarter. Karate trilogy. <laughs> you know, at the time there's, we were talking about maybe doing it as three oversized issues and okay. then collecting it. And I really like that idea a lot um, because it's more money, but also because I think it's tough to go direct to trade in America um, if it's not book market, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so we'll see. So it could be done to keep the three single issues our collection, and we'd call it like Karate High School or Karate Love or something goofy. And that's good. I, I feel like that's the thing, you know, my wife's always like, when are you going to do something that your kids could read? And I'm like, I guess when they're 18, <laughs> I guess when they're old enough to read my stuff. But it's like the answer is Karate Prom, the Karate books, the Karate books they could read. They don't care. They don't want to read it. But my niece read it. My niece read it, and she, likes, she, she said she likes how the characters vibe. That's cool. That's good. I think that's good. She said that she said Sam has cool hair. Uh, that's a victory, I think. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Um, so I, I think this more or less is, I think this might be nearly the end of the podcast, Kyle. But um, It's sad. Uh, but, but the big question, the, the question to wind us down is, so what have you been reading recently? And um, what would you recommend to the wide yeah. world? I'm... I'm literally the worst at this. Um, uh, I, you know what I read? I, here's what I, I, I always say, uh, Kaiju Back's great. I always say Four Kids Walking Back, it's great, because that's the things that, but you know what? I just read um, Something in the Woods is Killing the Children. I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, I just read a bunch of stuff. I'm trying to think of what else I read. But, I, you know, it's right now I'm, I'm reading um, someone, someone, criticize a, a certain portion of how I do work. My, my Chris Schweitzer did, my friend did. And uh, so I'm actually right now, I'm rereading the first two volumes of Sex Criminals, Saga, and um, Scout, all the S books. 
Yeah, some good to stuff. Try to try to, I just read God Country again for the million. I read, what did I, I should get my hoopla up real quick and be like, these are the things I read because I read a bunch <laughs> of good things um, that escaped me. Uh, what else did I read that was really good? Kaiju Max is great. I can't say Kaiju Max. Uh, Four Kids Walking Bank. You know what I really enjoyed? I really enjoyed the first volume of Outer Darkness, um, yes. which is a backhanded compliment to the series because I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't crazy about volume two, but volume uh-huh. one was unbelievable fun like that's like that's the comic experience i want volume one of outer darkness is like exactly the comic experience i want um man i'm so mad because i definitely read i we I, like i i'm just like i don't have any money like i'm a comic book writer um i've been going through hoopla and i did through a lot of the year end stuff and i know there was something else dracula motherfuckers unbelievable yeah, um uh, it makes me so mad because i know i'm i know i'm <laughs> I'm reading. I'm reading Kane. Um, um, uh, gosh darn it! What's the Jack Daff Mud Boy, Mad Man? What is that creator's name? Do you know what I'm talking about? Hold on a second. Hold on. All right. <laughs> Paul Grist. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paul. Everything Paul Grist. His Kane is. It's such a good-looking book. Yeah, yeah. I'm, re-re- I'm reading Kane for the first time. Paul Gress is good. He draws the best underfoot in comics, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, I'm actually reading more. The thing that I'm off because I'm actually reading more comics because of Hoopla, which is a Hoopla is a, like a library app, so okay, you get yeah. access to free things, but you only get so many. You get 15 books a month. That's why I can't be like, here's what I read. Here's what I read last month because it's been like I have to wait for the cycle to renew. Because <laughs> you read 15 books in like three days, and then you have to wait a month for, for the next 15. But yeah. I know I read something in The Women's Killing the Children, and I really enjoyed it. There's something else I read, and it makes me really upset. If I would have known this question was coming, I'd be more prepared. But that's all good ones. Four Kids Walking to the Bank is really good. That's from, yeah, I guess, a really good 20- book. Um, Kaiju Max is, I don't know why people don't talk about Kaiju Max all the time. Kaiju Max, which is an ongoing now, Kaiju Max and mm. Six Gun. Um, Six Gun is an unbelievable run it's like 50 issues i think yeah. and people should talk about six gun the same way they talk about why the last man and they talk about preacher as a like just a really tight great maxi series that lands um uh kaiju max is really good four kids walking big is really good that first volume of outer darkness is just so good yeah. um anything that i've done period is great i highly recommend that uh you can get them from the store cowstarks.com slash merch uh, uh, toy headlocker is always good. Yeah. Um, now I'm just thinking of my friends and who I can who I can. Uh, the headlocker is I love Andrew McLean's such a talent, his, such a talented creator. Uh, and I think I think the third arc just came out or the fourth arc, whatever they're on now. Comics, man, comics are great. I'm really trying to read more comics, um, and yeah. I haven't in years. Mm. Um, oh, uh, uh, I read uh, I read uh, Daniel Warren Johnson's Wonder Woman. I thought it was okay. Yeah. Um, Daniel Warren Johnson is so good. I recommend just looking at his stuff. Just look at it. It's good to just look at. He's, um, I think, uh, Extremity and uh, the Ghost Fleet. I think Ghost Fleet might be my favorite. Think about if Donny Cates and Daniel Warren Johnson were doing a book in 2021. How? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be into that. I think that's, that's be what I need. The book of the year. It would be the book of the year. Um, I, I, Murder Falcon, I thought, was surely a bad idea. I just got my low battery warning. Was surely a bad idea. Great extremity. I was like, this guy. I knew Daniel before he had a book, and I was like, for sure. I mean, I knew of his work before, and I'm like, this is going to be 
not very well written. It's too well written. It's not fair how good Extremity is. Extremity is unbelievable. Yes, so so good. Those are my recommendations. A lot of a lot of recommendations. They're good recommendations, if you ask me. And so, Kyle, thank you very much for joining me. Um, this has been a fun episode. Um, and thank you to whoever's listening for joining us. Um, this has been bigger than capes. I've been Zach. I suppose I'll carry on being Zach as well. And you can find Kyle's works on Twitter at the Kyle Starks and at kylestarks.com if I'm yeah. correct. I'm at the Kyle Starks on all social media. Are you go to kylestarks.com and buy my stuff. <laughs>